Welcome to Bear Books Podcast. I'm Daisy Ray. And I'm April Berry. This is the podcast that introduces indie authors to their readers. Together, we're looking for our next favourite author. So welcome along to a Bear Books Podcast and our bonus episode. And we thought that whilst we're back in lockdown for the second time this year, and we're rapidly approaching Christmas, and we don't know whether we're going to be able to see our loved ones over Christmas, we thought we'd try and bring a little bit of inspiration to you. I mean, inspiration, it's, we can find it in any place, inspiration in literature, in music, in other artistic endeavours, even in places that we like to go to. And I know that, Daisy, you've got a place you love to go to and get some inspiration. I do, yes. I'm a big fan of the waterways around the UK. I think it's like a much slower pace of life and everybody is so friendly and it's really engaging because everybody takes a moment to say hello to each other and it's a really calming atmosphere. If I could choose anywhere at all to go to try and calm whatever was going on in my head, I would probably choose the nearest marina, just anywhere where there's water and boats really. Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, I love travel. We actually reviewed a book in the first season of the Bear Books podcast that I actually found quite inspirational. The person that wrote it found a lot of her inspiration and a lot of her answers in travel. I know Daisy's just said she loves the waterways. I've got an allotment. And if, if I want to sort of think or to, to clear my head, I go down there, I start planting vegetables, you know, digging up weeds. So again, you know, somewhere to go to get inspiration. And we all get inspiration in different ways. Now, today, we are talking to Andrina about her inspiration. And I have got to give you a little bit of a warning. You know, there is a lot in this that Andrina has dealt with throughout her life. So it's her talking about how she's dealt with the dark times in her life. And the poetry that she's written, she hopes that that is going to be inspirational to other people so that they can face their issues from the past. Like I say, the subject matter is a serious one and Andrina has laid herself bare in this poetry that she's written and she's going to be reading some of them out for us today while we talk to her. But like I say, we all get our inspiration from different places. So let's have a listen to what Andrina has got to say. We have a guest with us, Andrina Leanne, talking about her book, Charred, A Survivor Speaks Her Truth to Inspire. We're going to get to know Andrina a little bit, have her read some of the poems, and um, we'll learn a little bit about why this is inspiring and what inspired her to write it in the first place. Hello, Andrina. Nice to have you with us. Hi. Hi, April hi. and Daisy. Thank hi. you for having me. We want to read through some of these poems, but first, if you can talk us through a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. In 2014, I discovered poetry. I found poetry. My partner, um, Jermaine Joseph, she introduced me to poetry. She's very much into writing. We went to a poetry event, an open mic night, and um, yeah, I fell in love with poetry on that day, on that very day when I wrote my first poem and performed it at the same time at an event in Hackney in 2014. And yeah, since then, I've just been writing and writing and writing about, mainly about just stuff about how I feel and things that I've been through. That's quite an impulsive and spontaneous way to start writing poetry, going out to see it, writing it and performing it all on the same day. Yeah. (laughs) It must have been somewhere in your subconscious, I think, for you to embrace it so willingly and so quickly like that. 
do you know, someone else has said that. Like, I write how I feel in a style that feels comfortable to me. So if I feel angry about something and I write about it, it's I've written about it in the way that it's sort of come out from my head. I don't know how to explain that. So I wouldn't say um, that the poems are not me. I don't know. So it's like a kind of therapy for yourself. For me, it's therapy. My poetry is my therapy. Every time I feel sad, I reach for my notepad. I write a few lines and instantly it clears my mind. Sometimes I'm filled with so much emotion. To me, writing is some kind of potion. When I put pen to paper, everything seems much clearer. Ink bleeding. I no longer need to pay for counselling or indeed take any medicine. Through my sad times, I write poetry that sometimes rhymes. Pen connecting with the paper, I feel so much safer. With every letter of the alphabet, sometimes when I'm finished, I'm dripping with sweat, half heart racing, finger on pen pacing, vocabulary flowing like a river, gushing. No need for rushing, take time, everything will be just fine. My life encourages me to write poetry because to me, it's my saving grace, my counselling and my therapy. That's actually quite telling. As, as you were sort of reading that, I'm kind of sort of thinking that, you know, writing this down on paper, it is a less destructive way to you of getting through things. Yeah, definitely. Because I was, I was angry before this. Like, I was angry. I remember my partner, Jermaine, she bought me a journal. She bought me this notepad thing and was just like, you know what? You know, this is before poetry, before like right she bought this journal before I discovered poetry in 2014 it was 2013 that she bought me this journal and she was like do you know what I think I think you should start writing down how you feel like, rather than trashing the place or shouting and screaming at me I think writing would be good for you you know so when you say on your cover a survivor speaks her truth to inspire was that to inspire you to deal with your life differently to stop being so angry or was that to inspire other people to take from your book to inspire them to do things differently in their lives my main thing is to inspire by speaking my truth we've all got something to share with others we've all been through a lot and it inspires other people to speak their truth it's very personal albeit different things we've all been through a lot and by me speaking my truth I inspire other people to speak their truth so in this book I speak about my truth about homelessness about my relationship being with a woman I speak about things that have happened to me in my life like childhood sexual abuse I speak about the issues that I've had with my mental health like I speak about my truth and it's it's written in a way where like it's accessible to everyone to read like you read my poetry and it's very like easy to read Mm -hmm. so by me speaking my truth I inspire other people to speak their truth I think you're right there because no two people see one thing the same way people do see it differently but I want to just go back to 2014 and that first poem that you wrote and and stood up at an open mic event has that made it into the book or was that something completely different it hasn't made it in the book and you know I was reflecting on that the other day and I was like why didn't I put it in the book because that's where it all began I can read it to you if you like yes please (laughs) yes please read it it's on a piece of paper 
it's called Open Minds because the event was called Open Minds and it was on the 6th of February 2014. I saw this night advertised on Facebook. I said to my partner, let's take a look. We arrived in black man's time only to realise it was fine because they were late setting up. We went to the bar to fill our cup. We asked for crisps and nuts, but were out of luck. Instead, we enjoyed cider and olives. We sat quietly and opened our minds. We heard about straight sex, gay sex, and all types of sex. I can honestly say there's no need to be vexed. We've seen poets, singers, and comedians, all of whom are absolute winners. We're from the gay scene, but never have we seen a belly dancing queen. It's been so much fun. <laughs> My mind is open. I'm glad I came and will definitely come again. And yeah, that's what I wrote. And I performed it on the night. And like reading it, it's not nothing fantastic. It's not like, like wow, that's a mind-blowing piece of writing. But when I read it and stood up on that stage, I just remember like everyone clapping. And like, I love that clapping, everyone clapping for me. Because people don't usually clap for me. Like, you know, I've had a terrible childhood, terrible upbringing. I've never had any parents to pat me on the back. So when I wrote this poem and people clapped for me, I really liked that feeling. One of the things that I found from the book was the poem Masculine Women or Masculine Woman. What you've got in that poem is something that's happened to me time and time and time again. And whilst it's not particularly pleasant, it does irritate me and it does annoy me and it does upset me that people don't stop and think before they say something. So let's listen to the poem, shall we, Andrina? Masculine Woman. I am woman. She too is woman. I love my woman. She looks like a man, wears men's clothes, has a deep voice, often gets a rough time outside. Excuse me, didn't you see this is the ladies, Lou? Yes, I did, she replied. I too am woman. Small as they are, look at my tits. <laughs> now put that in your pipe and smoke it. And I think this whole toilet thing and the LGBT community, I think people have this sort of like negative view that we're gonna harm them i just don't get that part no. of it like why why is it that like why is it that people think like that exactly exactly that well we're having a bit of a bitch fest <laughs> <laughs> can we move on and have you read fucking facebook because <laughs> that is oh, also yeah. extremely relevant and i'd love to have you read that one right this one's called fucking facebook I used to be one of those girlfriends who was affectionate first thing in the morning and last thing at night. These days, it's my fucking phone getting all the glory and delight. Constantly checking my Facebook morning, noon and night. I've got an addictive personality, although that's no excuse. I could use this to my advantage in the bedroom and put it to good use. I leave this space blank for you to use your imagination and muster up some wonderful creation. Relationships need affection and stability, all that good stuff, as well as agility. I'm aware of my changed ways. I looked forward to better days. Let's see what tonight brings. Fuck you, fucking Facebook, you antisocial thing. I shall ignore you if you buzz, beep, squeak or ring. Tonight, it will be you and me, my love. Wouldn't it be nice Yeah, if we all decided to put our phones down every now and again and live an actual real life? But we don't do it anymore. It's so hard. And those phones, they're designed that way. 
I love when I get light and I love that. I'm always like, I'm like social media's Built lab, for you, rat, wasn't lab it? rat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even find the word for it. Like I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm easy. I'm easy. We all do though. I remember yeah. before lockdown going to a restaurant and there was a table full of people next to us and all six of them were sat around the table like this looking at their phones. Can I just urge you to read another poem for us? If I could ask you to read Happiness because, you know, it's got a little bit of the modern age in it but it's something we all need to consider, I think. Yeah, sure. This poem's called Happiness. I urge you to find happiness in the little things because happiness is short-lived. Put aside your troubles and strife. We only have one life. Life is too short for regrets. Grab the people next to you and let's send texts, have sex, make mess. Take time to say hi, how's life? It costs nothing to be polite. Make time to give. Find happiness in the little things because happiness is short-lived. I like that. Yeah, I like that poem. I like that poem a lot because by me doing it, I'm inspiring other people. That's why at the back of the book, I've left a few lines for people to write their own words, however they feel, if they feel inspired to write. The things at the back of the book are, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I do, I love the fact that you're inviting people to express their own feelings. I love the fact that you're happy for them to send that to you and you will put that on your Instagram. And I really like the fact that you've got all of those helpline numbers in the back. So it's not like this is a poetry book and it's very personal poetry and it is all about Andrina. But it's also, I do want to inspire you. I do want to give you all these numbers to call should you need them. Even if you only share one thought with me and I put it on Instagram, it's a step. So that's for me, that makes the book into something else. I mean, in, in terms of all, all this, um, Andrina and, and the book and everything, is this you sort of starting to, to say, this is me? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Because I think that's I'd, one of the most important yeah. things for anybody is to be able to stand up and say, this is who I am, this is me, and to have the courage for you to have that confidence that people either accept you for you or they don't, they just go away. Yeah. Just as a, as a last thing where can we find you on social media on the internet whereabouts can they find you you can find me on facebook andrina leanne on facebook on instagram i am survivor.andrina.leanne i run an event as well called poetry lgbt it's an open mic night where people can speak their truth share their words their poetry it's at poetry lgbt on all the socials facebook instagram twitter the book is called chard a survivor speaks her truth to inspire and it's available on amazon it's out now isn't it there's no going back <laughs> thanks ever so much andrina for that and we look forward to uh, seeing what you're going to be doing in the future yeah thank you andrina for joining us thank you so much daisy and april love your podcast thank you thank you that bit's staying in <laughs> yeah that bit's definitely staying in <laughs> talking to andrina today It's got me thinking about using writing, not necessarily as therapy because I'm not qualified to talk you through that, but certainly for mindfulness. Digital art is my go-to hobby for mindfulness. I stop overthinking about daily life and instead immerse myself in colours and shapes and creativity. And for me, that's the absolute best thing I can do when I'm stressed. But this podcast is all about authors and writing. 
So if you need a bit of time out to take a breath maybe and escape life for a while, writing could be just what you need. Even something as simple as keeping a diary and taking a minute to record the mini wins of your day. And if you go down the pen and paper route, then it's an excellent excuse to step away from the glare of those screens we spend so much of our day staring at. And it's so much kinder to your eyes. It could help you keep track of your positive and negative moments, untangle your mind a bit, and maybe even look for patterns of what your personal triggers might be. Plus, you could maybe pick up on one thing a day that you're grateful for. Little things like sunshine, blue skies, flowers, family. Then you've always got something positive to look back on, should you need it. Using writing this way can not only help you de-stress, but help you physically too, even if it's just a gateway to a good night's sleep, because let's face it, we all feel better if we sleep better. I've started writing the shortest of short stories in readiness for the new flash fiction spin-off of our podcast coming in January, and I can categorically say that writing does definitely free my mind from the day-to-day stuff while I'm happily attempting to create some fictional goodness. And I also happen to know that April is writing a flash fiction story ready for January, aren't you? I am, yes. But if I can just go back to what you've been saying about writing a journal, I'm not really one for kind of putting my thoughts down on paper. But what I've done throughout lockdown is I've picked one day in each month that was really good and I have written down what's happened in that month and it's really strange to kind of look back on it but coming back to the flash fiction I'm not the creative one of us two I'm the logical one and things are sort of straightforward so we are uh, trying to get a story in in under a thousand words so far I've got 1600 (laughs) you may need to edit that a little bit I need to edit it a lot yeah it is really good, and I I have found it really therapeutic, and I found it actually quite challenging to try and channel my creativity that's into sort of building things and making models into the written word. So for me, it's been quite difficult, but it's absolutely just taken my mind off all the everyday stuff that can clog up your brain. Yeah, it's not easy, is it? Especially now we're in this second lockdown. I wrote a short story called Ducky, The Adventures of a Fire Duck. (laughs) And I wrote it for my grandchildren, really. So it's quite a private thing, but I recorded it. I recorded me reading it. So all the way through lockdown, if the kids miss Granny at all, they can play their ducky story and I'll kind of be in the room with them at bedtime or whenever they want to listen to it, really. So I hope that helps them in some way. There are lots of things that we can do to try and get through this difficult time together. Yeah, there are. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast, wasn't it? Because it was lockdown. First lockdown. Yeah. There is a lot of good that's come out of lockdown, as well as all the hardships. So we just need to try and remember to remind ourselves of that now and again. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed personally is a slower pace of life. Yeah. Mind you, the flip side of that, April, is no running around means we're all getting fat. Well, yeah, there is that. I have put two stone on in lockdown. I'm absolutely ashamed to admit it. Lockdown lard horses is what we are. Yeah, lockdown has not been kind to the waistline at all, has it? No, not even a little bit. 
So next week, then, we've got the uh, Bear Books podcast season two finale coming up. How exciting! <laughs> I don't know why I have this habit of turning into John Barrowman when I get excited. No, I don't either. Anyway, you can start voting from right this very second until Sunday, the 29th of December. It could be November even. Yeah. You can vote from right this minute until Sunday, the 29th of November at 5pm. And you vote by downloading the podcast. So get yourself over to where you get your podcasts from. iTunes, Podbean, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Get over and get it downloaded. Your favourite one. Here's a quick rundown of all eight authors from this season, and they were fantastic. So thanks again to all of them. We started with Damien Linane and his book, Scarred, which was written in prison in longhand as contraband. Exciting. Episode two was Tina Marie and that kind of soft, porny, one moonlit night. It so was, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it so was. (laughs) (laughs) The third that we interviewed this season was Bob Sharp and his book, Alfred Jones and Son Brothers, which was about these immortal undertakers. They were soul collectors for the devil and it was brilliant. It was. They were just so dim, it was unbelievable. Yes, very. Episode four was Kerry Williams and Drew Neary, the one and only time that we've ever had two people as co-authors on a book. And they wrote The Clockmaker. Yes. Who could forget the construct? Our fifth author this season was Leanne Carmen, Where the Truth Hides, which had such a twist at the end, it's put it up there in my top three this season. Mine too, I have got to say. Episode six was Elizabeth Thomas and Arden's act. That was actually quite, that was good. I liked that one. It was a really good story and I have actually finished reading it and Robert has redeemed himself. Number seven this season was Lisa Wright and Operation Amethyst. This could have been two different stories. We had all that was Vietnam mixed with all that was sexual gratification, really. Yeah, I was really excited to read that because of the Vietnam angle. It was a good one. And then we had, on the final episode, Bernie Hellier and Complicated Souls, which I found absolutely fantastic. Of course you did. You've already told everybody it was your favourite. I'm sticking by it. I'm absolutely sticking by it. (laughs) Let's just see what everybody else's favourite is next week. Don't forget, you've got until five o'clock on Sunday the 29th to get those downloads in. Can I tell everybody else what my next favourite one was? Do you have to already? Yeah. (laughs) No, just wait now. You are absolutely not allowed to give any more spoilers away before next week's episode. (laughs) But I'm I'm just kind of putting it out there. I don't care. I never, never, I was all, I've all born impatient. Yes, you were, weren't you? Actually, I've I've liked every single book that we've read this season and it has been really, really, really difficult to pick out which one of them was was the best because out of all of those books, they were all so, so different. They were, weren't Um, they? They were, yeah. And they worked really hard at them. We're giving away too much in next week's episode, really, aren't we? Shall we shut up then? I think we should, yeah. All right then. We will see you next week with your winner. Take care. And finally, 
<laughs> Proof positive that we're as daft as everybody else and the pressures of the day have to come out somewhere, right? And take 42. And I, for one, am a rotten overthinker. <laughs> Why do you talk, bollocks? <laughs> Obviously, this is going well. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> but I find travel very inspirational. Well, maybe we will do a little bit less travelling in lockdown. Well, yeah, that's true. So there's no inspiration there. But I'm sure you've got a favourite place, haven't you, where you can... <laughs> You're not taking this fucking seriously at all. <laughs> you are not taking this seriously in the slightest. <laughs> I'm trying to work out what was so funny about that. It's hot. (laughs) Ask me again. What am I asking you? Where my inspirational place is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, maybe we'll just publish this. Maybe what? Maybe we'll just publish this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I've got my glasses on now. <laughs> we have been Daisy Ray and April Berry. Come share your opinions about the podcast, our authors, and their books on Instagram and Facebook at Bear Books Podcast or Twitter at BearBooksPod1. Submit your book for a possible future review to submissions at bearbooks.co.uk or if you've got any queries or any comments, email them to contact us at bearbooks.co.uk. Thanks to Simon Strong for the musical interludes. You can find him on Instagram at dadnap.mp3. And if you like what we do here, subscribe and share. Thanks for listening.